Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This is gopowercat.com publisher Tim Fitzgerald with great news to share with our valued 24-7 sports VIP members. As a way of saying thank you, a subscription to a CBS all-access commercial-free plan is now included with your 24-7 sports VIP membership at no additional cost. Watch all of your favorite shows on demand along with exclusive Exclusive access to GoPowerCats award-winning and one-of-a-kind coverage of Kansas State sports. Stream more than 10,000 episodes, all-access originals, and live TV, including NFL on CBS games. Enjoy the CBS all-access commercial-free plan, a $99.99 annual value for the lifetime of your 24-7 sports VIP membership. It's an incredible added value for our subscribers, and it's time you probably take advantage of this deal and become a GoPowerCat member. And remember to subscribe to the PowerCat podcast at your favorite podcast provider, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Now, here is your PowerCat podcast. The following is a GoPowerCat.com and Spirit Street production. You've discovered your link to GoPowerCat.com's PowerCat Questions podcast, presented by Fridge Wholesale Liquor, and it starts right now. Now, let's go to the WTC gig-powered studios. Here's your host, GoPowerCat.com publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. Welcome to the PowerCat Questions Podcast. This is my third attempt to start this podcast because I'm in such a good mood. Tim Fitzgerald, Riley Gates, Zach Carlson here in the WTC Gig Powered Studios. We're sponsored by The Fridge. You know the spiel. I can't spell spiel. But you know it. Go to the fridge. We've got home games coming up here in Manhattan in the near future. Not this weekend. They'll be in Texas. But when you're in town, you got to stop at the fridge. You got to do it. It's a requirement. This podcast is free. And I think you should go ahead and subscribe to the website. But if you're not going to do that, at least stop in the fridge and say, hey, I heard your ad on the uh, on the podcast. I heard your ad on the podcast. My personal ad for the fridge is that I think they bring good luck. Huh. I left at halftime of the Cowboys game last night. It was 13 to 12 Dallas. You don't think it was the cat? It was the fridge. That cat, I I was very worried it was going to end in a 40-point loss. But it was 13 to 12. The Cowboys end up cruising. So all I'm saying is that the fridge wholesale liquor may or may not have, but definitely did have an impact on the Dallas-New York game last night. Now, we have already recorded the overtime. So here's a spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. It's too early in the morning for me to speak. Um, there's a question about what announcer you would want to uh, call your life. like Everyday move, like yeah. moments. I feel really good about my choice after. Yep. Yep. That's a good take. 
Oh, boy. This segment's brought to you by Tanners. Get into Tanners whenever you can. It's the best place in town to go watch sports. Great food, great people, great location right there at the corner of Aggieville at uh, 12th and Morrow. It's just... How the chicken sandwich last week? At? Tanners. Tanners. Was there a big line for it? (laughs) No. I was the first person in the door. I was out running errands. I had church on Friday afternoon, so I was like, I'm not going to drive all the way home and then come back. And I was like, ah, screw it. I'll go to Tanner's for lunch. And it was uh, it was meatloaf day slash chicken sandwich day. And I thought about the meatloaf because of what you said about it, but I was like, you know what? I'm going to go lighter. I don't need to fall asleep in church. Yeah. That is the problem with the meatloaf. Uh, and it comes with mashed potatoes and gravy. And I was see. iffy about a, grill, a grilled chicken sandwich because I don't, I mean, I usually get like crispy chicken sandwiches when I get them. You like the fried? It was yeah. damn good. Yeah, let's start to stampede for the Tanner's Chicken Sandwich. Have you heard about the Tanner's Chicken Sandwich? It's fabulous. <laughs> it's better than that cartoon character guy. Chicken Sandwich. Oh, I was like, what? I'm in a good mood, guys. How's I that? voted. It's Tuesday when we're recording. I voted. I've been to the doctor. I got a shot, and it wasn't whiskey, but it was in my butt, so that kind of evens out. And um, never mind. <laughs> I was gonna say something, but never mind. That's a great soundbite to just extract totally out of context. But it was in my butt. And now I'm here dealing with you. We got a Chris Kleiman press conference coming up. I've got other stuff scheduled today. And let's get to it. Your questions from Wabash Station. But first, Zach has a very special announcement about our score-picking contest that has no prize other than this. So we actually had two winners this week. Two winners! Because all of the scores were really bad. Like, everybody gave KU way more credit than what they I did. didn't! But Purple Crown Royale had 38-13. to 13. He was three off. And then Woodstock Cat was also three off. He was 38-7. to seven. Let the record reflect that Riley Gates has now correctly predicted the score in K-State victories one and a half times. I nailed Mississippi State, and I got the 38 points on K-State. 38 right. seemed to be a popular choice. That was my score, too. I just gave KU way too much I credit. I gave KU 17. So. That's too much credit. I gave him more. I gave him 24. Close. If, the, if they hadn't been that close, Zach would have had to read my name. Yeah, we're not doing that ever. Yeah, no, no, you're out. You're out because you're still bitching about the fact that you picked someone else's score. I had it before he did. I was. <laughs> it was in the admin saved. Yeah, whatever. You sound like the guy at Best Buy on Black Friday seeing somebody else take the TV, and you're like, but that's mine. <laughs> I saw it first. I saw it in the ad. It's mine. I hate you guys. These are your questions from Wabash Station. You're what makes the podcast great. Not us. You. Uh, we've got a bunch of new people in this podcast. Yeah. yeah the, uh, we're growing like crazy. The celebration of the Oklahoma win brought a lot of new faces. Hey, uh, we're blowing up here at Go Powercat. Tell your friends. That CBS All Access thing. Um, um, what a, It's incredible. I've been watching it. Oh, man. My favorite new shows on CBS. So if you have the all-access pass now, you've got to go watch Evil. It is so good. It's one of the best. It feels like a Netflix, Amazon-type show that they actually put on TV, you know? I think programming on streaming is so much better than your typical, you know, just cookie-cutter TV crap. Here's another cop show that is like every other cop show, but in a different city with a different cast, but it's just like that. And you know that Grey's Anatomy? Hey, we've got a Chicago version now, and it's all soap opera crap. 
you know, the, the streaming entities do a really good job, but Evil on CBS, if you haven't seen it, man, it's it's legit. It's You'd like it. It's the Catholic version of the X-Files. Just because I'm Catholic, I would like the show. Yeah, it's about uh, a group of investigators investigating phenomena for the Catholic Church, see if it's possessions. Interesting. It's really, really well done. From KSU Peacock, he's new. Welcome, KSU Peacock. In what chapter of Brent Dearman's book was that butt whooping? <laughs> Quality first question. That's, that was in the appendix. Man, they kicked his ass. Scotty Hazelton dismantled that offense, and they're still in denial. They're, they're, they're trying to say Carter Stanley did bad reads and stuff, and they just no. Most of that offense, as it turns out, is pre-snap reads. There might be a small read afterwards, but. It wasn't a true run-pass option. You want to know what a, a true option looks like? They, K-State ran it at him. I hadn't thought of that. That almost was like, hey, you guys don't know what an option is. Here's an option. Here's an, this is what an option is. The quarterback on the fly, in the split second, makes a decision. And you could pass out of that. I bet you they have that, man. I bet you they have that where you pull back. Yeah, Skyler pulls back off of it. Let me preface this by saying I still think Brent Dearman is a very good coach. I still want him to get a job this year, so he's out of Lawrence. However, Scotty Hazleton flat out embarrassed him. That was an amazing performance. And I think I just said this on a radio segment. You you only have to watch one play to know just how dominant K-State's defense was over that offense, and it was the Daquan Patton interception. <laughs> I think everybody in the stadium knew that interception was coming except for Carter Stanley. He stared his receiver down the whole time. He had no idea what Daquan was doing, and then, boom, Daquan's there. That was, that was like one of the best moves I've ever seen. I mean, it was pure scouting. It was preparation, perfectly executed by the player. Uh, they knew exactly what he was going to do on that play. They knew exactly what he was going to do. And Carter Stanley probably couldn't see Daquan until after he threw the ball. He probably popped right up as the ball was on, <laughs> on in its flight. It was, it was brilliant. If I'm Colorado State and I need a new coach, I probably am looking at coordinators in the Big 12. You've got a thing with Colorado State this week. I do. Well, I love Fort Collins. I just think it would be wonderful to be able to travel there on a regular basis as part of our job. It would be nice. I just meant more of the example you want Brent Dearman to go to Colorado State now. Like, why not? Why not? Uh, uh, no, I didn't say Brent Dearman's name. That's certainly someone to look at. But how about Scotty Hazelton? Oh, sorry. I misunderstood you. Yeah. No, I'm serious. I think Brent Dearman would be the more likely candidate because he's offense. Everyone wants right. offense and it's sexy. But the guy was just a dominant defensive coordinator in your conference. He's gone to the Big 12 and proving he can do it there. If you're Colorado State, why don't you have Scotty Hazleton on your head coaching list? That's I'd have to do some research. I don't know who the last defensive coordinator I mean, maybe there's one on obvious one, but like the last guy to go D coordinator to big time head coach because like it doesn't feel like that happens that often. Chris Klein? Well, he got promoted at an FCS school. At... Yeah, it it doesn't cuz everyone wants offense, but um, do you think Scotty Hazelton would fit into the culture of Fort Collins? Just oh my god, bit? he lived. He, he's from there. I would bet. Yeah, I, don't <laughs> I don't care what his bio says. He's from Fort Collins, Colorado. Yeah, he's just out doing the brewery tours <laughs> on his day off, <laughs> out hunting stuff, climbing a mountain, wrestling an elk. 
I'm head coach. An elk. I'm head coach Scotty Hazelton. I just kicked this elk's ass. I'll see you at the stadium. <laughs> From Kned, which stat do you like better? Tying our own sunflower showdown win streak at 11. Since 2010, K State has many Big tw- has as many Big 12 wins in Lawrence as KU does at six each. Or KU has only won in Manhattan three times since 1978. The second one. Oh, hold on, back up. Read the second one again because it's so good. Since 2010, K State has as many Big 12 wins in Lawrence as KU does at six each. That's, That's absurd. It. That has to be it. That's it. Yeah, the Manhattan thing's kind of cool, but you should win at home. And the 11 years in a row is cool, but at some point it's going to end. You've been atrocious at home for so long. It has to be number two. Now, winning 11 straight in the Bleeding Kansas Bowl, I'm just going with it. <laughs> the Bleeding Kansas Bowl. Yeah, I'm going to go back to the Civil War, and you, you play for John Brown's rifle. I'm all in on this, guys. <laughs> I'm all in. I'm so tired of the Sunflower Showdown and a damn cup from the governor. Oh, the governor was in the locker room. So what? Who cares? It's a governor. It's elected official. Let's play for John Brown's rifle. Honestly, I mean, how did like how did Farmageddon start? Because that wasn't like a school no. sanction thing. So I think if we make a big enough push, we could probably make it happen. The Bleeding Kansas Bowl. I don't know if Dylan's would want to attach her name to it, but I know a lot of businesses would. Well, actually, I don't know that at all. I don't know that at all. But two is the answer. Winning as many games in Lawrence in, big, in the Big 12 as KU over the last nine, ten years is fabulous. It's unbelievable. From Hurt as Joe, I like rushing for 300 uh, yards, 300 plus more yards than passing for 300 plus yards. It makes me feel good. Am I the crazy one? Absolutely not. No. That's... no. Uh, maybe it means you're a little bit older. More traditionalist? But even someone like my, I mean, I'm 23, and even me, I, I'd much rather run for 300 than pass for three. Because passing for 300, I don't want to say it's easy, but, like, if you've got a competent quarterback that in, in an offense that throws the ball a lot, you're going to get there. 300 yards on the ground means you just took it to your opponent. You dominated it. You told him who was boss. You owned the trenches, things like that. That means you were the better team. And that's what happened against KU. That's what happened against Oklahoma. That's what happened in those first two games of the season. You, there was no question who the better team on the field was in every game that K-State's won this year. Minus TCU, you could make an argument one way or the other, I guess. But Well, I just love K-State would run for five, six yards, and KU would celebrate the tackle. And I'm like, fools, <laughs> that's exactly what they want to do to you. Side note, that's my biggest pet peeve in oh, football. Oh, it's horrible. They <laughs> just gained 10 yards, but I made the tackle. Look at me. <laughs> the, in, the defender waving his arms incomplete when the ball was sailed 15 yards out of bounds. Yeah. Or, like, it just bounced off a guy's hands. Should have made the catch. Yeah. Step step down. I got you covered, boy. Yeah. No. <laughs> no. It didn't, you didn't do anything on that play. Yeah, I just love it. I'm like, you know what? If K-State picks up five, six yards of carry, you are going to be battered and beleaguered by the third quarter, and they were. They want by the middle of that third quarter, once K-State scored on its first possession of that, they were done. They didn't want anything to do with that game. They wanted out of there. From Randolph the Iguana, Aside from the fact that the penalties held us back a bit, did you like that the team had a little bit of nasty in them yeah. while they were throttling the beakers? Yeah. Yeah, because KU was, even in later in the game, was some of them were still trying to intimidate K-State with 
just nonsense. It's trash talking, chest thumping, no substance to their game. It was like that was their game plan. We're going to scare them, you know, and in case they didn't back down. Yeah, the, some of the penalties were silly. You got you to gotta contain it a little bit. And some of the penalties were silly because they were called. But, yeah. I, I liked it. It reminded me, I keep, and I'm, this is kind of embarrassing because I can't think of the uh, of who it was, but on the on the Miracle Manhattan documentary, there's that there's that clip of the player that kind of like goes into the opposing team's huddle and he's like shaking his and like that was kind of like the swagger of those old teams, yep. you know. And I kind of like that. I, I like team. I don't want you bragging. I don't want your you know. I don't want your mouth running more than you can back it up. But I also kind of want you when you do something really good. Yeah, flaunt about it. Brag a little bit. Stick your chest out. It's kind of fun. Sports are meant to be fun. Now they're throwing too many flags nowadays. You can't. The fact that the ball spin um, on Jerron McPherson's interception is a penalty. That's a joke to me. Like, I get it. He's taunting them literally right in front of them. But what's what's unsportsmanlike about that? I mean, he just he's celebrating his play. Um, so like, yeah, it's getting tougher to celebrate, but it's it's still fun. I still think you should do it, even if it means a couple personal fouls here and there. I don't remember that, but that sounds what you referenced the. The Miracle of Manhattan video, but that sounds like Niall Wyron. He was a badass. I almost want to say you're right. I have to go look now. He's the one who spiked the uh, Iowa State quarterback on his head back when you could do that. Just picked him up and spiked him <laughs> on his head. Seems a little dangerous in hindsight, but targeting. It was. To, it was I mean, it was a personal foul in today's football. From KSU number one, if you could give a letter grade to this referee crew, what would it be? A big fat like, F. F. I want to say F, yeah. Look, you know me. Am I a conspiracy theorist? Yes. Yeah. But that really felt like they were working the under. Every time a team kind of got going, they backed them up. They did it to KU later in the game. The uh, under was 55. If one more touchdown had been scored, it was going to get them to the over or get them to the push. Dang. I, I felt like they were working the under really hard. I'll if you go back through the history of that crew, there's a lot of weird stuff that's gone on, not just with K-State. They're the ones who called the mysterious pass interference in a national championship game. Was that Michigan-Miami way back when? And they changed the outcome of a game or the score. And Yeah. I yeah. Think, that's the same. Good. That's his crew. There's a lot of weird stuff that's gone on with that crew. Why they're still around. I didn't think they were around. I hadn't seen them all year. And all of a sudden, here they are on a weekend when hardly anyone's playing. They show up. Get them out of the Big 12. They're awful. K-State had a lot of boneheaded penalties in that game. The unsportsman likes we touched on. The holdings were just like, what are you doing? You're better than them. Why are you holding them? You know what I decided? That they're just they're fouling all the time and making refs call it. Some of the holdings were ridiculous. I'm I'm out here just holding onto your jersey right in front of a ref, but yeah, it's crazy. It's, but at the same time, I was like, okay, I'm not sitting here trying to start the K State's getting the shaft argument. But the fact that KU had one penalty and K-State had like nine at one point, it's just that's a little absurd. The one that really bothered me when, when Skyler was tackled at the boundary and the KU player had his foot long after the play's over and flipped him over on his head. Like, why wasn't that a penalty? We went back and watched that with Ross. 
Um, blatant late hit out of bounds. Like, I said it out loud in the press box when it happened. I was like, look, I don't think it was a late hit, but by the letter of the law, it probably should have been called. Then I went back and watched it yesterday with Robbie. Oh, my God, it was a late hit. The play's way over. He's got him by the foot. Instead of just dropping the foot, he lifts it and tips Skyler over. I mean, it absolutely should have been a penalty. That was very strange. After all the stuff they had called, they didn't call that. Yeah, that, that's what I was getting at. Right clearly in front of officials. Wasn't like it happened away and nobody saw it. I, I guess the center that got called for, for punching, I think it was uh, Mitty <laughs> yeah. in the helmet, uh, earlier took a total cheap shot at someone like standing around a, a pile of bodies and just uncorked on someone well after the whistle and didn't get called for it. Uh, it's it was a weird day. It was a weird day. I'm, I'm glad it didn't affect the outcome in any way. It, it just affected the amount of butt kicking that took place because that was a that was a butt kicking, and if without the penalties, it would have been an ass whooping. That's pretty much my analysis of the game. That'll be a dollar. From Purple My Nurple, how many interceptions did our defense have last year? I don't remember there being a lot, and it feels like we pick up a couple every week now. God dang it! I always. I always put these... And you're going to do the research, and then you forget to do the research. Yes. I literally, as I assembled these questions this morning, I was like, man, I should have that ready to go. I should have that pulled up. I I'll feel like up. the basic scheme here, to really boil it down, is is last year and previous years, K-State's defense was asked to play on its heels. Always be ready to back up. And now they're asked to play on their toes, and they're breaking on balls. They're making better reads. They're better prepared to make plays on the ball. They had nine last year? Yep. What are they at this year? Damn. <laughs> that was kind of the basis of the question. I'll keep stalling over here, Riley Gates, while you continue to do research. I think it's six, but I don't know. Let me look. <laughs> My bad. Um, no, I, I. the The big thing with me is the fact that they've had, as many as they've had this year, it hasn't been like a lot of fluky ones, you know? Um, a lot of those times you can get put in the wrong or get put in the right spot and it just kind of falls into your lap there. Uh, Casey has eight interceptions eight. this year. Yeah. Wow. I didn't, I didn't realize it was eight. That's pretty impressive. Nice. From Michael Harry, another new one. Welcome. Hold on. Is his name Michael Harry or is it like, uh, two friends named Michael and Harry? Uh, well, if it's two friends named Michael and Harry, we that, need to talk about joint account sharing. I think that's <laughs> against the terms and conditions. Is, is Michael Harry? I don't know. This is confusing. Maybe it's just a Harry guy named Michael. Uh, it's spelled Harry like a, a, a name, not Harry. Like Maybe he's a bad I. speller that's Harry named Michael. It's fair. Was the quick post-game coach's handshake normal for Coach Kleiman, or was the short exchange just for less? New uh, wrinkle in this. So, first off, I was already on the bandwagon that this was not a good relationship. Les Miles has been disrespectful to Kansas State. and Did you see Reed Nivar's tweet? No. Apparently, Les Miles snubbed uh, Kleiman at a Big 12 meeting this year. So, like... Because, look, first off, it was definitely short. It was definitely a, a short handshake, and it was definitely that short because Chris Kleiman wanted it to be short. He is the reason that that, that, that was such a weird interaction because he bailed. When when are KU fans uh, going to set aside the— Oh, he the, deleted it. The few victories. Yeah, they probably didn't want that out. Uh, the few victories 
Come that less miles is trying to provide them and realize your coach isn't all there. There's something wrong. And it's almost like, oh, we know he's not all there, but he's winning football games, so that's okay. You know, it's just, it, it makes me uncomfortable. Not only, we talked about this on a previous podcast, it makes me uncomfortable how disjointed his speaking is and his behavior is, but it makes me uncomfortable that KU fans are like, oh, it's, it's, that's less. That's less. You're not worried that something's seriously wrong with your coach? If he truly believes that K-State didn't do anything defensively to ruin their passing game, then then he's literally lost it. There's There's talking to pump up your team, and there's a disassociation with reality that is so insincere that your team doesn't buy it, your fans shouldn't buy it, and they should be questioning your ability to coach football or or be attached to reality when you say that's the greatest environment in which you've ever coached, <laughs> that you didn't see any K-State fans there, that K-State's defense didn't do anything that affected your offense. You have lost your mind. That goes beyond talking to puff yourself up. It's just kind of sad. So I have decided I'm all in favor of Les Miles staying at KU. He might win more football games, but it is damn entertaining to watch them think he's a god when he is a shell of the man who won a national championship. It's just, it's, uh, and as far as I can tell, they are not setting up anyone in the short term to take over. I think they want it to be Brent Deerman. Well, good for them. Good for them. But that's not going to happen. From Schultem 43 another new one. Welcome. <sighs> when it's all said and done, will the Les Miles experiment at KU have a positive or negative outcome from their perspective? I think from their perspective it would be positive because I have said this over and over. I don't think he's there to accomplish anything awesome on the football field. I think what he's done so far this year feels satisfying to them. Maybe Saturday didn't, but they played Texas close. They were they were ahead of Oklahoma early. They want they've won three games now. Yes. Yeah. If they win a fourth, man, that'll feel really good. They'll feel good about it. But he's getting the donors to open up the checkbooks to rebuild the facilities. They have to improve their facilities. They have to come up with a plan that is not only financially feasible, tangible in terms of being competitive in the Big 12, and looks good on them. I mean, Shane Zinger wanted to build 60,000 seats. What are you thinking, dude? I mean, seriously, this was one of the biggest games KU football's had in many years, certainly since Mangino left, and it took 15,000 K-Staters and a bunch of free ticket giveaways to sell out the stadium. Build it small. Build it beautiful. Build every kind of locker room, practice facility, coaching offices, administrative offices, Build exactly what K-State's done. Try to replicate that in your own look. That's what he's there for, to, to get things turned around in terms of the necessities of being a major college football program. They don't have it. They just don't have it, and they need someone to get it done. And if, if Stoic Les Miles, who apparently doesn't have facial expressions anymore, can get the money raised— Job accomplished. Who's the next guy? 
Oh, yeah, and get some recruits in here. Who's the next guy to take over with the facilities and some bodies? Period. That's his job. Chris Kleiman came to K-State to kick ass, and he's doing it. Another new one from BVWJ. Welcome. The improvement week over week is drastic. Did it just take this long to get the new playbooks properly rehearsed and into the players' comfort zones? I think that has a lot to do with it. Yeah. Um, it's You can sit here and pound on a, on a system for four months in the offseason, whatever, five months, six months, and you can know the playbook back and backwards and forwards, but until you actually do it in a game against a team that doesn't know what's coming, like you know, you don't know, you don't go through those issues. You know, hey, when this doesn't work, what do we do? What do we go from there? And every team in college football, set aside Alabama, Clemson, those guys that run the table every year, every team goes through a little bit of a rough patch. I mean, you know, where they just look horrendous. Texas is kind of doing it right now. You know, the three game stretch where they've lost two, and the only one they won was that. Barely, that, that, that barely win against KU. So every team that isn't an elite national championship contending team is going to have a little bit of a struggle. And K-State had that against Oklahoma State and Baylor. They got too overconfident. They probably didn't take Oklahoma State serious enough, and um, they were thrown out of their rhythm. And then they lost to a, a Baylor team that right now is better than them. Flat out, that's just what happened in that stretch. And now they're back on track. So... I think that I think getting the playbook uh, implemented and into the game plan, I think has a little bit to do with it. But I also think it's just kind of the nature of college football at the same time. You can know what to do. You can understand what you're supposed to do. But until you do it as a reflex, you're really not playing at speed. They look like they were, you know, just immediately without thinking. Daquan looked like that. They'd never shown that before, but you know they'd practice it. And Daquan was so well rehearsed that he didn't. He immediately recognized the keys. Boom, I go here. And he did it without hesitation because if he hesitates, he's probably not there to make the pick. Last question in the first half from Jim Cat. Do we give Kleiman a 10-year contract extension now <laughs> or after the season? Same question for the coordinators. <laughs> first, <laughs> 10 years, wow. Um, on a serious note, you probably do need to restructure the coordinator contracts after this year. Absolutely. Because those are the ones that are going to leave. I don't think you need to restructure Chris Kleiman's contract unless he wins nine or ten games in a bowl. Then you can give him an extension. But if he goes eight and four or nine and three and loses the bowl, I mean, yeah. I think you got to see it over the course of a few years before you start throwing extensions out there. And then, you know, if it goes drastically south in the next few years, you're wrapped into something really bad. But the coordinators can bolt really quickly. The coordinators are far more likely to be gone and out the door than Chris Kleiman is. Well, I don't think Courtney Messingham is going anywhere. Right. I think he's going to stay at Chris Kleiman's side. They've kind of got a thing going. Would he, If he got offered a Power 5 job, you'd have to take it because of the money. But I, I don't think that's going to happen. He's a little bit older. He's not the sexy hire teams would want. He, maybe he needs to grow a beard like Scotty Hazleton. Maybe that's maybe K State needs the ZZ top of coordinators, and then everything will look really good. I think Hazelton will be gone. It's kind of in his history. It looks like he moves around a lot. You think this year? If he gets had a head coaching job offer, oh. yeah, oh, yeah. I don't think he's going to pick up and leave for another Power Five coordinator job. I think K State will match it. Yeah. But some of those places, I mean, Brent Venable's getting paid a couple million dollars not to be a head coach and to be the coordinator. I mean, someone really wants him. 
they might be able to offer something K-State can't. There I, are bigger budgets. I feel like you'd need an Illinois to fire Lovey Smith or, like, you know, a school like that because Florida State's not going after Scotty Hazleton. No. I mean, that's not going to happen. Rutgers sounds like they're going to go back to Greg Schiano. They should. Eey. They should. Well, fair, but still a little scary. Um, He's their Bill Snyder. I, they don't have – there's not a big job out there that's going to open up that he's going to be eligible for. So you're, be concerned when a school, like I said, Illinois uh, – Northwestern is a train wreck right now, by the way. Pat hey. Fitzgerald is going to be fired. He's fine. He's named Fitzgerald. He's fine. <laughs> they are a train wreck right now. Oh, my God. They're, they might be the worst team in the Big Ten. What happened? They've been competitive. I don't know. They were ranked like two years ago. It's crazy. Uh, bringing shame to my father's name. But I wouldn't. I wouldn't extend Chris Kleiman's contract unless he wins ten games. I I might restructure. I mean, if he if he wins ten games, for God's sakes, heaven forbid, he plays in the Big Twelve Championship. I you know I I think you do at that point. You say okay, here let's let's put a an, another digit or two in there. I don't know. Maybe maybe give him an extra hundred thousand for every win. Another digit or just change the digit? Yeah, that's what I meant. I was like, wait a minute. Add a zero to the end? <laughs> I'm like, oh, look, he's done a good job. I don't know if he's worth a $10 million extension. He's now being paid $30 million. <laughs> that seems excessive. Step aside, Nick Saban. Yeah, no, I'd probably change that digit. You know, add another digit to it as in from three to four, you know, which seems a lot. But if you look at the salaries out there, that's the problem. It's market-driven. You got to kind of keep up. But I don't think Kleiman's going anywhere, at least in the short term. I don't think he wants to go through this again at Northwestern or Iowa or wherever. I think he wants to see what happens over the next five, ten years at Kansas State. And if he stays that long, then he's into his 50s. And I I think as long as K-State take care, takes care of him, he'll be here. I'm Iowa might be the one, but, you know, at, at some point, you become like Bill Snyder. He was from Iowa. Everyone thought he'd go back to Iowa. That never you know, happened as an option, but eventually K-State becomes your home. We see it with people in the athletic department who might be a graduate of another school, another former Big 8 institution maybe, but they've been in Manhattan so long. They've been in Manhattan longer than they ever spent in their other town, and they've been around K-State. So eventually it just becomes your place. So I, yeah, I worry about Hazelton leaving, but as in I was discussing with Ross Uglum, at the end of the day, it's Chris Kleiman's defense. You know, that's what they're running. It's fair. I don't know. We'll see. It's going to be interesting. It's good to talk about the ramifications of winning. I want to remind people that Chris Kleiman has won six games with four to play with mostly players that were inherited. That's a remarkable feat. A team that went 5-7 and seven last year. They've added a few running backs. They brought in a few freshmen that are helping. But they also lost some players that helped quite a bit last year. Alex Barnes would have been nice to have. Oh, my God. <laughs> he would fit this offense perfectly. He might win the Doak Walker in this offense. <laughs> so, it... Fun times ahead. Even if they end up losing three of their last four, seven wins would exceed 
what we thought was going to happen in Manhattan. Keep some context to it. But go ahead and get fitted for that Big 12 championship ring, just in case. That's all I'm saying, just in case. We'll be back after this break. This is the Powercat Questions podcast, sponsored by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. We've got another half. we got more of this, but you got to wait. Stay locked in. The Powercat podcast will be right back. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We now send it back to Fitz in the WTC gig-powered studios. Welcome back to the PowerCat Questions Podcast, sponsored by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. We are comfortable here in the WTC Gig Powered Studios. I have a fan blowing on me. It's the only fan I have, other than my wife. And my dogs are fans, but they don't listen to the podcast. They don't know how to tell Alexa to play the PowerCat Podcast. Do you tell Alexa how to play the PowerCat Podcast? Yeah, I had to set it up. Spotify won't play it through Alexa. I mean, I've got Spotify enabled on my, it's just kind of weird. I've had problems with other, I had to set up something called MyPod, and you have to add your podcast to a playlist in your, on. you got to activate the Alexa skill and then add that in on their website. It's really kind of confusing. But once you do it, you say, Alexa, ask MyPod to play the PowerCat podcast. You need to enunciate, too. She gets very confused by PowerCat podcasts. I can tell her to turn off my lights, and she does that just fine. But PowerCat Podcast baffles her little robot mind. And then she plays the latest version. And if you've heard that, you can say, skip this one, and then she'll go play the one before that. Kind of fancy. It's technology. That's how it works. And she's also spying on me for the government. It's a yin and yang. You kind of give and take. 
This segment's brought to you. <laughs> this segment's brought to you by the high low. Get in the high low. Say hi to everyone. Get low. <laughs> get low. <laughs> Play a little Milwaukee roulette. Give them three bucks. Get a beer out of a Pepsi machine. It's kind of magical. It's really kind of fun. And then uh, you can go, if you're a guy, you can go uh, to the bathroom with the entire cast of The Princess Bride. If you're a woman, you get to go with Wonder Woman. I think they got these backwards. That's just me. Now's your question from Wabash Station. From KSU number one, could Texas be Coach Kleiman's toughest game yet as head coach of the Wildcats with the recent success? I, I think in some ways I get the, what he's saying. As a success mounts, TCU was nice. Oklahoma was dramatic. He handled the rebound to win the uh, Bleeding Kansas Bowl um, against your what's really turned up to be a nice rivalry because Les Miles is an idiot. He stirred up the hornet's nest. Um, oh, David Beatty kicked ass. Les Miles is like, I don't even know who they are. Well, okay. He kicked ass or he kicked, kissed ass? Kissed ass. I think you said kicked. I heard kicked, too. Yeah. Oh, uh, David Beatty kissed ass. Kissed ass. Kissed. Thank you for the sound effect. There you go. That's what David Beatty did. And it worked. I mean, the games are closer. He didn't fire anyone up. He avoided bulletin board material. Hell, Les Miles built a bulletin board. Here. Here's a bulletin board. I'll, I'll give you some material <laughs> to fill this with. So, Can I just say something real quick about that? Is that... Yes, I get where the bulletin board material came from with the who's K-State, all that stuff. But every coach in America would say something similar when fired up in the locker room. The problem is that KU allowed it to get published and on the show. They, they should have exact- axed that. They did exactly what I've been saying. You yeah. just, if you're going to do this show, you you do it. And they haven't been. They haven't been honest with that show, and they did it this time. Here's another conspiracy theory. Something was edited there. If you look, there's kind of a strange pause that seems to be – that doesn't – how he says it looks like something was taken out. My theory is there was, there was a who the blank is K-State because the player reaction doesn't match up to who, who's K-State. It doesn't. That why do you erupt over that? But who the f is K State? Fair. We'll get your players. Fair. I'll have Texas. To go watch it. Texas game. Yeah, do that. You're a video guy. Go check that out. See what you think. We'll analyze it. Uh, Texas is a big game. Texas is healthy. They're com- They're more healthy. They're coming off an off weekend. We're going to have a great pregame show for you uh, tomorrow, Thursday morning. It'll release on on. Go PowerCat. I forgot where I worked for a second. <laughs> Too much going on. Um, and it's it's a tough matchup. It's a it's another road game. But I love the process. I love I I I bought into the process. You know, it's like it's you know, get a little bit better every day. Like I said in my column. It's the same thing. The process. Win that day. That's what he's talking about. It's Wednesday, right now as you're listening to this, or you can listen to it later, but when this was released, do whatever's on on your agenda for Wednesday. You know, just handle whatever's in front of you at that moment, and then the next day handle that, and eventually it's game day and handle that. And on Sunday, you need to make the mental shift on to whatever's next. It's just, it's one day at a time. 24-hour rule. Personified. 
it's it's fun to watch him play out this process. And in that process, they'll be supremely prepared for Texas. Again, injuries seem to be the the one obstacle that stands between this program and really unexpected success. And I would bet they'll be without A.J. Parker. So, yeah, that's not ideal going to Texas. But I think they'll have the running backs back, although I think James Gilbert will be limited. From T. Newman 41, will Skyler continue to get the green light in the running game? The offense is much better with him as a run threat. Let's let's clear something up here, though. Skyler had, what, 17 runs, 16 runs on Saturday? And probably eight of them were designed, 10 of them. Well, and even that. He took off on a lot of passes. Yeah, I mean, one of the touchdowns was he was looking to pass, and, well, everyone's covered, and all the – D-backs have their backs turned to me. See ya! And so right up the middle. It's not like they're starting to turn him back into the battering ram that he was last totally year. Totally different use of him. And that's what we need to remember here. That said, I do believe they will continue to find creative ways to get him involved in the running game. Because if you think that Texas won't be ready for that option, you're crazy. Yeah, it'll be interesting how they build off of it. I think they'll show it and not really use it. You know, They'll do something else out of it. There's a lot of stuff. What I love about this offense and what we keep hearing over and over, you know, Matt Walters being on the Insiders podcast is kind of fun because he's privy to all the stuff as part of the network. You know, he's part of their team. And he knows a lot of the things that are going on in, in preparation. Uh, what I love about this is, yeah, we use this formation and we've run this over and over. It's been greatly effective. But then we can do this out of that formation. We haven't shown it. There's a lot being held back. Look, some of Skyler's runs were on the option, and that was never planned to be a major part of the KU game plan. It was in there to use at the right time. They did. And then Courtney Messingham realized this defensive coordinator, who I don't even know his name. Elliot. Elliot. Uh, has no idea how to stop the option. I think literally he had no clue how to stop the option. So bad. It was horrible. They never adjusted to it. They were lost the whole game. So, yeah, run it over and over and over. And it got to be kind of comically fun. From GT Cat, how much better will Ellinger likely look versus a secondary without A.J. Parker? He was going to look good, anyways. He's good. I a like damn him. Damn good quarterback. I like his moxie, his leadership, his toughness. Is he? He's a lot like Colin Klein. He's not quite at the level of Colin, but he'll stick his nose in there. He wants to run, and he'll throw just efficiently enough to keep you on your heels. I mean, he's, it's, his passing numbers aren't bad. Texas has the leading receiver in the conference, so maybe that's that's a problem. But I I didn't see any drop off once AJ went out on Saturday. I think I think the depth at cornerback is so much better prepared than it was in the past. Whatever numbers Sam Ellinger puts up on Saturday, I don't think it's going to be like, you know, let's say let's say he puts up 260 and two touchdowns, just picking a number out of thin air. I don't think you can look at that and say, oh, well, if AJ would have played, he would only had 180 and one touch. I mean, he's a good quarterback. And that, as good as this defense is, I don't believe they'll be able to shut down the Texas offense completely. And I think that'll be because Sam Ellinger is so good. So, yeah, he might attack Daryl Patterson on the other corner. Um, he might go after Walter Neal, who 
kind of got picked on a little bit one drive against KU, and that makes me a little bit worried. Um, but I, I don't think that that we'll be able to look at it and be like, man, if only they had had AJ, it would have been drastically different because I, I think he's going to get his yards and his touchdowns no matter what. From Etain BB, do you like us ranked while the opponent not, or do you like us playing as an underdog? Small rant time. I'm sick of the, oh, I like us flying in under the radar. We're not under the I radar. I hate that K-State's narrative. K-State's not under the radar. Number one, the rankings don't matter in terms of flying in under the radar. Maybe a couple players every now and then are like, oh, they're not ranked. The coaches on every staff in America don't care if you're ranked number one, if you're ranked 15, if you're receiving three votes, if you're not receiving votes. It doesn't matter. Rankings are just for fun. And if K-State was... If K-State had lost to Oklahoma and done what they did to KU and they were barely receiving votes, Texas would still be on alert for K-State. It, I, I don't know how else to say it. I hate, again, I hate that narrative because I just don't think it makes any sense. Um, I think it's a, I think it's something that people have drummed up in their head. Oh, as long as we're not ranked, we can surprise people. No, everybody knows that K-State's going to be good. What they've seen on film is going to have them on their toes, so it doesn't matter to me. I, I don't care if K-State's 20 this week or if they were 10 right now. Yeah. That's what I would say. From Wizard6294, what location is most appealing for the media and fans to attend for a bowl game? Well. Uh, Paris. <laughs> If we're going to burn the travel budget, we might as well go big. The Serve Pro First Responders Bowl in Dallas at SMU's stadium. <laughs> I mean, look, if you're telling me the money's no object, would really like to go to Orlando, Florida. Absolutely. If money's not an object, Orlando, Florida is great. But And not just for us, for you guys, yeah, too. Yeah, absolutely. Except the problem with that is it's the worst time of year to travel to Orlando, Florida. It's yeah. literally the worst time of year to travel to Orlando, Florida. It's when families are going over Christmas. The airfare is outrageous. It's tough to get to. I mean, I'm I'm heartbroken that K-State, excuse me, the Big 12 isn't part of the new Las Vegas Bowl that will be played in the Raiders Stadium. But for this reason, that's the best time to get good airfare to Las Vegas because there's no conventions. Christmas time, the holidays, that break in there, nobody's got conventions out there. So room prices drop. The airfare drops because there's open seats. It's really an ideal place. I hope they actually have multiple bowls eventually in Las Vegas because it just makes a lot of sense. There's plenty of space for the fans to be accommodated, and it's an incredible town that's generally warm weather, particularly if you play a day game. At night in Vegas, it might get a little crisp. Um, It might be, you know, upper 30s with no humidity, which will feel like the 20s. Look, it probably the best closest bowl for fans outside of the the New Year's Day bowls, Alamo. Yeah. I mean, a lot of fans can make it to San Antonio. Your family can drive. Most K-State families that are going to bowl games can't afford to fly their entire family to Orlando. They just especially that time of year with not without planning. If you bought your tickets to go to Orlando, in December, but you bought the tickets in September, then you're okay. But buying them on a 
month less notice. It's. I want to go to the Alamo Bowl. I'll put it that way. It's redone, too. They've put a lot of money into it. I think the Alamo Bowl is a pretty prestigious bowl um, in terms of Big 12 once you're kind of knocked off those mm-hmm. New Year's Sixes. I think that there's a lot of good uh, a lot of good vibes coming from that game. Um, and the, It's a great venue. Rooms it, all over the Inside place. is nice. And it looks like there's some pretty fun matchups um, potentially in the works right now. I I think the only reason that the Camping World Bowl is so exciting right now is because it has a Notre Dame matchup and all the projections. And I think people would love to play Notre Dame. Absolutely. That'd be kind of cool. But I don't think Notre Dame's going to end up there. So I don't really think that'll happen. But, I mean, it's looking like like Utah is kind of one of the teams in the mix right now um, for the Alamo Bowl. That would be a lot of fun. They're great fans. You know, you're going to draw somebody pretty good, I think. And I think it would make a good bowl game. Would we drive to San Antonio? No. No. Neat. Probably not. Unless it's outrageously expensive. But it's... We could do it. A t- we could make it a, a, a journey and like stay halfway. We could go to a Oklahoma casino at some point. I would. I refuse. <laughs> it's like, you know, driving to Austin is depressing because you get to Dallas and it's still how many more hours? Three. That's three. Then you get to Austin and it's still another ninety minutes, hour to. About an, yeah, I think about an hour and a half or so. I feel bad for San Antonio. There was talk stirring up that they were making a run at the Chargers. And they were going to build a stadium between Austin and San Antonio. And all of a sudden, I read a great story in The Athletic that the Chargers yeah. are going to London, probably. Yeah, well, that's that's where it's leaning right now. Literally, while we were recording this podcast, another story came out. There's there's a lot of hoops that they have to jump through to get there. Oh, absolutely. They're building a stadium. There's a brand new stadium built. I don't think the Chargers are going to London. I think they're way. going to share that stadium with the Rams. Well, then you wouldn't be... You wouldn't be going to London then. No, that's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's that's our idea is to stay in. Oh, you're but saying. But they're having ticket sale problems. You're saying the new stadium in it. Got it. Yeah, yeah. there's a new stadium in London for them that was built with NFL in mind. Yeah. With soccer it's and football. Tottenham's new stadium. And that'd be the home. But they would need. There's a lot. You're right. There's a lot of moving parts. They have to work out with England some kind of equity and taxing and for players that would be based there you have to figure out a united states based home site where they when they're in the states they can practice there because you that you would come to the united states and play two or three games you'd play road trips scheduling would be a zoo it'd be a zoo because first of all they hadn't thought about this. they're out for night games they couldn't play ever play sunday monday night night game because it's the middle of the night there and the day games are like six and nine p.m. Something like that. It was weird. Yeah, yeah. They're they're already playing. I, I I say you just always play them early. You play them like at three o'clock in the afternoon for them, so it's really early over here, and you get another time slot. It's at eight a.m. Yeah, they've started doing that. Yeah, for, yeah. That's found out the games. hard way this week. I I love it. I think it's really cool. I had a receiver in. Boy, we ended up in the weeds here, and it's all my fault. But uh, I I still feel like the Jaguars are gonna end up over there that Jacksonville's is trash mm. and and plus if you move a AFC West team to London you've got to realign the Texans was go to the West it gets very don't have to realign oh yeah you can't have teams from the AFC West traveling every year to London I don't think it matters if you're Kansas City or if you're New York or if you're yeah, Seattle they'd have to go it, the long way around to keep it West 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, it makes a big difference. It's at least three hours of travel. I think when you're out of the country, it is what it is at that point. No, no. Well, that's the other thing. They said it, when that division is playing teams, you know, like right now, the AFC West is playing the NFC Central on the schedule. That's just how it lines up every year. You play someone. They would have to line up. This is where the scheduling gets difficult. If you are going to play the Seattle, Seattle Seahawks, have to go to London the week before it, they have to play on the East Coast somewhere. So you can make that easy trip, and then they can access the same facility the London team uses for practice. How the hell do we get here? I caused it. Let's get back on track. It's the Power Cat Questions podcast. We talk about K-State. I just got us into the NFL. I apologize. We were talking about bowl games. Oh, yeah, San Antonio. That's right. <laughs> hey, Don't worry. They're going to the Cactus Bowl. <laughs> I think the bowl games for this conference suck. They need to be refreshed, and they passed on refreshing yeah. the bowls. I mean, honestly, and I'm just thinking of this off the top of my head. might not be true. Is there any possibility that a lot of the reason they're not realigning is because all of these bulls suck and they don't want to give them to the SEC. They don't want to give them to the Big Ten. I mean, the Big 12 has the shaft right now in bulls. They uh, do. Pac-12 is worse. I mean, they did get a few bulls. They get any decent bull on the West Coast are part of, but their bulls are nonsense. I want it to be that K-State goes to the Rose Bowl. See, I think that the Camping World Bowl is appealing right now is because K-State's never been there. No, I agree. Yeah, I think it's new. the most appealing you, from – if you back up, it's the coolest bowl to go to for the program. I just think about the fans, and yeah. that really would be a difficult thing. But K-State fans are crazy, man. They will pack up the family, and they will drive to wherever, Nashville, somewhere in between, and then drive to Orlando. They will make an entire holiday Chevy Chase adventure out of this thing. It would be fun to have a family document video style their entire trip and put it on Go Powercat. Sounds like a lot of work for Zach. That's my idea here. Keep Zach out of trouble. You got a 20-hour drive, so you drive to, yeah, probably Nashville, stay the night. You could do 10 and 10. and 20-hour drive. Well, that's where you guys will stay when you drive. How far uh, is Fargo? Dude, what? <laughs> Wait, what? How far is How Fargo far is for all those North North Dakota State fans they are going to come <laughs> down to? Because you know that there's going to be a ton of double dippers. Oh, we're going to go to Orlando See, and then go to, the, go to Frisco. Uh, that'd be 26 hours. Huh. TripAdvisor is telling me right now, $75 cheap flights from Fargo to Orlando. I don't. Think not that's not entirely then. accurate. <laughs> just do it. Do hop on TripAdvisor, whatever, and do what's the dates of that bowl game? Uh, uh, I Saturday the twenty eighth, I think. I'll pull up my bowl projections here at the same time. Just do you want me going out of Kansas City? Yeah. Kansas City. No, there it is. I was like, uh, how do you not have MCI on here? Uh, let's see. Did you say it was the twenty ninth? The twenty eighth Sunday or Saturday the twenty eighth, I believe. Okay, so we would fly out. No, just do it for the fans. Oh. Fly, fly the twenty sixth. Okay, and Return come back on the twenty ninth. Yeah, whatever. Short One trip. person is what we'll do. Looks like TripAdvisor has to sort a bunch of. No, I don't want to continue with my email. Uh, Three hundred ninety seven dollars. You can fly. Spirit, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> out of out of MCI, 
It's named that because they'll break your spirit as you fly with them. It's a nonstop flight. Ooh. I'd rather connect twice. Or you can connect in Dallas. No, that's not Dallas. What's DTW? Detroit. Detroit. You can connect in Detroit for $378. What possibly could go wrong connecting through Detroit in December? Wait, the connection is also Spirit? Yes. These are all Spirit. These are all Spirit. Yeah, that's exactly it. Spirit's going to be by far the cheapest. Find a non-Spirit airline. And, of course, Southwest wouldn't be on there. Yeah, Southwest just says C-Deal. American? (laughs) $755. Yep. Oh, my God. I know. Guys, you might be flying spirit. And I'm sorry, but that's just a reality. It It is not financially feasible for fans to $755? Every family in the country is trying to go. Not every. But tons of families are just going to Orlando for the holidays. A lot of families do that. If you're cold weather, you go to Orlando and celebrate Christmas in Orlando. Wow. I mean, my family went to Florida for Christmas. We had relatives there. That's insane, man. Let's move on. All right. Uh, from Jay Bullen. question. <laughs> from Jay Bullen PSU, another new one. Welcome. Is 10 wins a realistic expectation at this point of the year? Is there any chance that we could make the Big 12 championship game? Realistic? No. I mean, that's getting greedy, but if you just start picking them off, if you get this weekend out of the way, it becomes a lot more tangible. The next two weekends are West Virginia, Manhattan. You go to Texas Tech. That might be broken by the time you get there. And then you don't know. Iowa State's coming to Manhattan. We know that series. It turns into chaos. I mean, look, if you win this weekend, I think you can start having a serious conversation about it. Because you should beat Texas Tech and you should beat West Virginia. Iowa State is, like Fitz said, pretty wild. But I feel good about it being at home and the way that K-State's playing right now. But you got to win this weekend. I mean, that's a big one. Um and so, yeah, 10 wins is, is possible. Big 12 championship, here's the problem, is you could go 4-0 down the stretch and you still need help. How crazy is that? K-State could finish 10-2, and 7-2 and in the Big 12, and still needs help from, the others, from other teams to get into the Big 12 championship game. Because Oklahoma has the one loss, Baylor has no losses. And if Oklahoma beats Baylor and then they went out outside of that, they're going. So you need, you either need a Baylor collapse like three losses, mm-hmm. or Baylor to beat Oklahoma. You, as sick as it's going to make you feel, you have to cheer for Baylor the rest of the way. You have to want Baylor to win out or then, lose out. Yeah, and that's not going to happen. So <sighs> Baylor and Kansas State at 11 a.m. in Dallas. Talk about the lowest conference championship ratings of all time. The Pac-12 championship on Friday night will have better numbers. Now we go to the Big 12 championship on ESPN+. Plus. <laughs> they would, though. I mean, it, it's it's on FS1. Oh, it is? Or it's on, I mean, that's decided. Fox this year. It's either FS1 or Is this or their ESPN. last one? I don't know. The ESPN Plus deal took the Big 12 championship away from Fox. Did it? That's what was the big part of the deal for ESPN. Oh, ABC. Yeah, oh, ABC. they get they get all the games now. Oh. No big big noon Saturday championship game. College game day would not be at the Big 12 championship. It'd no, be at the SEC championship, obviously. No, they wouldn't. Man, it'd be kind of fun. I, I'm a chaos guy. It would just explode minds if that happened. 
You know what it would do? Wreck some plans that I've made for the beginning of this <laughs> that weekend of December. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I didn't ever think we'd be in this position. <laughs> what I caution people to get through this weekend and then really start to think about yeah this thing because I I believe this the way the Big Twelve is shaking out right now. I think the conference might get two teams into the New Year's Six. Really? Yeah. Well, if Oklahoma ends up winning and Baylor has, well, well Baylor's going to get that second loss hung on them in the conference championship. And they're not going to put a two-loss Baylor in the New Year's Six. It depends on what else is out there, but you're probably right. I mean, if they lost twice to Oklahoma. Look, you're going to have two SEC teams in the playoff, Ohio State, Clemson, Clemson. Then you'll have no uh, AC, no ACC teams. No, but you'll have Minnesota. No, nah, they're going to get unless they fall apart. But then you're going to put Penn State in there. Well, doesn't Minnesota have tough games coming up? Penn State, but Penn State's still a top ten team. Well, I know. But so I'm saying if Penn State wins, Minnesota is they play the candy ass schedule. Hell, they play Nebraska. How tough is that? They'll schedule? pop Oregon in there. They'll pop. Mm-hmm. Boise State or whoever the yeah, some whoever Cinderella the, team that thinks that they deserve to be in the playoffs. Well, sorry, sorry, Appalachian. Well, State. it's not even that. It's just whoever the group of five team is. They guess, I, do, I don't. Group of six, I guess what I'm trying slot. to say is I don't foresee two Big Twelve teams in the year six. They got to fill the slots. It'll be interesting. But what my point is is if they get through this weekend, they get their seventh win. A nine-win K-State team's probably going to the Camper World Bowl, and maybe an eight-win team because of you, the fans. You're notorious for travel. But if it's Notre Dame going there, you know they're going to want Texas. They're going to want something really to spike their their ratings. So you know, we always it used to be back in the day the bowl committee would go in the room and pick the team they wanted to be there as you know visitors to their city, and now it's the TV executive saying, "Hey, we own the rights to your bowl. We want Texas over Kansas State." So, yeah, it, we'll see. But get through this weekend, and then you can start worrying about these things. From Imonica, should we just treat every win from here on out as gra- as gravy for this season? Gravy. <laughs> well, I was going to say gra. <laughs> no, I mean, gravy. well, yes, but no at the same time. We had all right, so we had the the six to seven win expectation at the start of the season. That's where we put the bar, and obviously things have changed. So yes, let's say hypothetically, K State goes one and three down the stretch and finishes seven and five. Technically, yes, that meets the expectation of what we have or what we had set. But expectations can change, you know. I, I think it's it's uh, not. I, I don't think it's out of line to change your expectations. So, yes, it'd be technically gravy, quote unquote, for what your your preseason thoughts were. But um, my my thoughts have changed. My minimum expectation right now is eight and four, because you're in really good position. So that's just where I'm at on that. Yeah, I I'm going to take you literally. Treating it like gravy. I don't want four scoops of gravy. That's that's that that's a lot of gravy. But and I kind of agree with you. I, I, I do. I think seven, eight wins, that was still in the believable range. I'm sorry if you did this, because I'm going to call you a name. Only the lunatics thought nine or ten. 
<laughs> you know, I mean, come on. New coach coming off a five-win season, same players. It, it wasn't realistic to sit there and say nine wins. It just wasn't. You could work that out in your head, and as it turns out, you would have been right. But I, I'm – so, yeah, get through this weekend. Seven wins, okay. Eight wins, feeling feeling pretty bonus-like. And beyond that, I'll take the gravy. For my like pickles cat. Has Kleiman met expectations for his first year already? And if he has, why are people wanting to drum up new expectations in November? Well, I, you know, they're, they're not holding him to this. It's not like if he doesn't go eight and four, I'm going to look at him and go, wow, what a failure by Coach Kleiman, you know? But I've changed my expectations based on the good job he has done. If If things go poorly, yeah, I will be. You know, a little bit. Uh, I don't want to say unhappy, but I would be. I would be a little disappointed in the the downfall of of the team. He has met what we expected of him, yes, but now we expect more of him because we've seen it. It wasn't a fluke that they beat Oklahoma. It wasn't a fluke that they annihilated KU. And if they beat Texas, you're allowed to continue to change your your thoughts on what you can expect out of this season. I think it's unfair to say, well. They had six wins and four to play, and they only won eight. That's a failure. That's that's ridiculous. It's ludicrous. It's it's okay to be disappointed if they end up six and six. Sure, they ended the season on a four game losing streak. I get that, but you should also keep that place parked. Six wins. They improved from last year. Yeah, I I don't think expectations should change. Hopes can change. And and I think even if you were a lunatic uh, and picked nine, ten wins, it was hopeful. Man, I really hope they can win ten. Wouldn't that be incredible? Keep that in mind. It would be incredible if they won ten. It'd be incredible if they won nine. It'd be really impressive if they won eight. Just enjoy this. In terms of the question, was it gravy? It should be to you in terms of pleasure. It's like, wow, seven wins. That's better. Eight wins. Just go for the ride. Be part of the process. Just get it going. A couple of basketball questions to round us out here. From K-Ned, is David Sloan the best point guard, and should he be the primary ball handler with Jada playing off of him at the two? I think David Sloan's the best point guard on the team skill-wise. I don't think he has it figured out yet. He doesn't have the defense figured out. Yeah. He's got, he's got work to do. I get the point. I think this team will be very comfortable when he comes in and slides Jot over. I don't think he'll start. You don't think he'll ever start, or you don't think he'll start like tonight, you mean? I don't think he'll start. I, okay. You mean tonight, last night? Oh, yeah. I forgot. Um, whatever. I Unless there's an injury. I, don't, I just don't think. Right. I mean, but I think we've seen in the past, and it was Cardi coming off the bench. When they put him in and slid people around, it kind of worked. But I think you're right. When Sloan comes in, they slide Cardi over. Um, but that, that probably brings Gordon off the floor. Yeah. Well, it's got to get on the floor. Like, off Dejan, the starting lineup, yeah. lineup first. Yeah, true. He's he's the best point guard, like I said, on, on pure talent alone. We've seen that. Um, and I think once he gets adjusted to this game, we're going to see. Uh, I'll, I'll admit it right now before he takes off because I think he will take off. I think I underestimated him. I was, I thought he was good. 
I thought it was a fine get, but I I wasn't, you know, because that was right in the Caleb Grill recruitment time, and mm-hmm. I was like, well, I'm he's not Caleb that. Grill. But I, I think I may have been wrong about that a little bit. It's, but, you know, at the end of the day, he's a two-year player, and so that makes a difference. But he is going to be – they did a really good job with his recruiting class as opposed to last year's. Yeah, and we're seeing that It's gone up in smoke. Flavored smoke. Last question of the podcast from T. Newman 41. Will Levi Stockard start when the regular season begins? I hope he doesn't start another game. It doesn't sound like he was very likely to start this one because someone asked him about, asked Bruce about Levi on Monday, and he says, you know, he said, uh, I gave him a chance to start there. Got to see more. You know, look, if you can't get up and get excited for a starting opportunity against Emporia State and Washburn. He's too mechanical. He just goes through the motions. His mechanics is might get better, but there doesn't seem to be much zeal in his play. He needs to back up Macau Moeen, and sometimes the two freshmen will be at the four and the five. But that needs to be his role. I mean, I was more impressed by a true freshman. It's it. You should be embarrassed if you're at Stockard. When you a four star? Yep. Come on, man. Up your play. I don't think they're done recruiting. I don't think they're done recruiting for 2020. I think there's going to be a junior college guy added in or someone. Could be. Or they're going to ride an open scholarship into 21. I just, I'm sorry. I'm not I, saying I don't to, gone. I'm just saying they need more help at Big Man. I don't mean to continue to throw kids under the bus, but it just, what have you, tell me what you've seen out of Levi Stockard to make me think. There's something there potentially. On a consistent basis, I'm going to hurt some feelings. If you're starting Levi Stockard and or Mike McGurl in the Big 12, you're not as competitive as you want to be. They're good role players off the bench. That should they should embrace that idea that I'm going to come in off the bench and add something to whatever. I'm Levi adds a big body to, that can defend and rebound. He's got some offensive skills, but he just doesn't seem to be passionate about going about it. So I I, I think we're going to see eventually two freshmen in the starting lineup. I've said that early on. And if you embrace this season for what it is, a transition into the next generation of Kansas State basketball with this and the next recruiting class, getting freshmen that kind of experience and really loading up on their playing time is the best thing for the program. And they're good. These kids are good. It's a great recruiting class. That's it for the PowerCat podcast. We went long. Well, we did. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun to beat KU. It's fun to beat KU. Basketball's here. They had a game last night, and I don't know how they did because we we recorded this before the game. It's like magic. Remember, folks, to sign up for your CBS All Access Pass if you're a subscriber. If you're not a subscriber... Go ahead and do it, man. It's a $100 value we're going to give you for free as long as you're a VIP member. So do it. I just got some stats. Less than 20% of our active subscribers have activated their all-access pass. It's free. Now, if you don't stream at all, I get it. But if you're so old, excuse me, I'm going to talk to my, my peeps here. If you're so old that you don't stream, but you do have a computer, CBS has a catalog of some of the greatest programming in the history of television that you can access. 
Maybe you don't want the new programming. Maybe you don't care about the new shows that are on CBS. But that catalog catalog of old stuff, that's incredible. You should access that pass. Just go up to your settings, uh, your badge, your, your icon up there, and click there and click the CBS All Access, and it'll walk you right through it. Activate it. If you're not a subscriber, do it. It's time. Everyone's coming over. It's going to be fun. We're having a blast. Our boards are really blowing up with great discussion in a non-hostile environment. GoPowerCat.com. Things are really kicking butt right now, just like your Wildcats. We'll talk to you soon. You've been listening to the PowerCat Questions podcast, presented by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. PowerCat Podcast, all rights reserved, gopowercat.com and Spirit Street Publishing. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.